0: Good afternoon and welcome back to the Conservatarian Exchange on the Liberty Block, hosted by Ed, Ed, Mike, and myself, Steve. Hello,
1: gentlemen. Hey, everybody. I'm I'm glad it's a low news week,
0: you know. (laughs) Yeah, we could have just canceled the show, huh?
1: Yeah, nothing to talk about. The show notes are going to come in handy this week. The yeah, show
0: notes. I um. I assume it's the number one story: the Hamas attack on Israel
2: huh.
0: and all of its uh, ramifications. So, since I'm part Israeli, I'll let you guys say what you want to say about it. How a how did it happen? Which nobody's going to figure out. Um, what do we think about the war that's going on between the two parties? What do we think about Biden's statement? What do we think about Biden's intentions, if they are fathomable, et cetera, et cetera.
3: Well, it's speculation. But my speculation is that Biden and the and the Western left collaborated and helped coordinate this attack, I think. And and frankly, the Israeli left might have been collaborating as well. the same way that Trump had people in his administration that were undermining him. BB's got people in his administration that are at least potentially undermining him. Uh, How did it happen? I mean, we have, the enemies are inside the gates and that's. It's a colossal intelligence failure. I mean, colossal.
2: I mean, it's, it's, it's Pearl Harbor and Barbarossa squared uh, intelligence failure, given all of the, optical, human, um, you know, aerial assets that Israel has, uh, you know, looking at Gaza. I, I just, but it's, neither it's of those, inexplicable how they could figure that out.
3: Neither of I those mean, examples you gave, Ed, are really examples of intelligence failures. FDR, we now know FDR knew in advance that the Japanese were going to attack. And we knew a long time ago that Stalin had lots of advanced notice that the Nazis were massing massive troops on the on the front, they just ignored it for for reasons that you know. I mean, FDR wanted to go the U.S. into wanted to go the Japanese into attacking us so he could get us into the war. Stalin, we don't really know why he ignored the intelligence, but it wasn't neither one. I don't think I don't think either one of those was an intelligence failure. Both okay. attacks were known in advance.
0: And so, if I understand you, your hypothesis is that. Somebody at a monitoring station saw something, tried to pass it up the chain, and it got stuck on the chain. Is that what you're saying?
3: No, I'm saying that the Ukraine war is on fumes and they need to generate new enthusiasm
0: for war. But why wasn't it picked up by the monitoring stations? I mean, they did you heard you guys probably they, all sent you sent me the video probably. They yeah. monitor a bird flying near that wall.
1: Well, the, the one report that I shared with you guys from the Daily Mail indicated that they were using drones to take out those surveillance um, cameras and everything.
0: Right. But the minute it yeah, after the out, first somebody time, you no. Know, yeah, okay? yeah. So, uh, clear, yeah. Somebody knows something went wrong. Somebody had to say, hey, boss, something went wrong. That's the only place it could get stopped. And if that were true, there'd still be a computer record of it. So that would be really dumb. And plus... It, it is... Uh, I, I don't agree with Ed that it's some sort of conspiracy, but
2: I mean, it is not the first time that the Mossad went off uh, the reservation with regard to um, the political leaders. I mean, obviously, the first time that we know about was the attack on USS Liberty, which was ordered by Moshe Dayan against the, uh, well, well, without telling the Israeli um, leadership at the time. And, um, you know, it all got hushed off, but, but basically it all came out. But that was the Mossad going off and, and doing its own thing. You know, it's certainly possible that the information of the attack came up and got stopped somewhere before it got to or the IDF. There's another report out of Egypt that Egypt warned the Mossad that something was brewing in Gaza. And that information did not get up to uh, Netanyahu. See, that, yeah, that type it, it, of
0: thing to me is easier to believe than that the whole observation system, which has a whole bunch of people. Right. Because they'd be out there screaming, we told you, we told you. The, the Egypt report seems to be refuted sometimes. I'm not quite sure if we'll ever know if it's true or not, if anybody can prove it or not. Oh. But at that bottleneck, it's easy for one person to not pass it up the chain. But th- it, this is just impossible. Plus, yeah. what I don't understand, it's a tiny country, it's impossible to take two to four hours for an Israeli army to get somewhere in that country. It just it just makes no sense. Well, it, it does. It does.
2: I, you know, trust me on that. That is a very hard thing to do.
0: This is Israel um, where there's a soldier in every corner. This is like it some say because of the holiday, most of them were home. It, it, it's really unbelievable. There's there's reports. I, again, it's the fog of war. You
2: can't trust everything you see on the internet. Um, but that said, there are reports of uh, Hamas breaking into uh, one uh, base because it was very early in the morning. You know, six thirty in the morning, and uh, breaking into an Israeli military base and, and machine gunning Israeli soldiers as they came out of their barracks
0: unarmed. Right, and I I, I believe that part of it. By the way, that that's what happened but I don't believe that it would take two hours to get somebody else there. By helicopter, we're talking 10 minutes from Tel Aviv. We're not talking far to go. So that's the part that I don't understand. And Israel's- Yeah, I mean, I
2: don't know how the Israeli army is organized, but you would think that they would have some sort of quick reaction force um, available This is a country that got
0: 300,000 men into service in less than 48 hours. They yeah. know how to react. It's just unbelievable. Now well um, it seems
1: it, it seems more unbelievable given the whole thing with the six billion dollars, which had recently happened. You know, Trump even out there warning about it. To have your guard down a mere weeks after that. That that and on the 50th a, anniversary 50th a, of 50th young the mind.
0: Um I, I literally, I mean, I really do know Israeli politics well. I cannot fathom any rhyme no reason for this to have happened. There's obviously the two-way issue here that Israelis are not allowed to have guns. And mm. super sadly, those who can have guns got 50 bullets. And I hope somebody pushes- yeah, That's it. ridiculous. I want somebody to push it in this country. How many times have we heard there is no reason on Earth where anybody needs a clip with more than 10, 20, 30 bullets? Nobody needs that many bullets, et cetera, et cetera. Well, guess what? 50 bullets would have been a joke. Yeah. And When I
2: go to the range to practice- I fire 300 rounds.
0: Right. but uh, That's a standard
2: of, practice.
0: You could defend from five burglars, maybe with 20. But this proves that if something really goes, <laughs> there's no limit to what you need. And now Israel is all of a sudden saying, yeah, maybe people who have been in the army and are very uh, experienced with weapons should be able to have weapons, which used to be the rule, I thought, many years ago. They kept tightening it. Mm-hmm. I mean, to live an hour, um, one mile away from Gaza, and not being allowed to carry a weapon again—it's just it, the whole thing is mind-boggling.
2: Yeah. So on the weapon front, um, I I saw a photograph again. Don't know everything you see on the internet. Who knows whether it's true? But I saw a photograph of Hamas uh, uh, soldiers armed with air air 15s or M sixteens or something that had to have come from either Ukraine or or the Taliban. And, you know, for my entire life, the AR-15 was the rifle of freedom, right, against the the Soviets and then against the various terrorists. And to see, you know, to see that weapon in the hands of Hamas because of the just unconscionable corruption of and, and, and stupidity of our own government, it, it just hurts me to the quick. It, it really does. That's, uh, that's the weapon of freedom. And now it's in the hands of these uh, these awful, awful people.
0: Right. And I I don't want to pile on, but I can't hold back the irony of them butchering people at a peace party is, is, and I look at the faces of those kids and the naivety. Well, I I got something. um, I I, I got something that's that's worth reading. It's very short.
2: Um, And that is from the Hamas charter so you figure, okay, well, what does Hamas say about itself, right? I mean, why, why listen to the news? Uh, the Hamas slogan is, Allah is the target, the prophet is its model, the Quran is its constitution, jihad is its path, and death, for the sake of Allah, is the loftiest of its wishes. And it goes on and says, there's no solution for the Palestinian question except through jihad, Initiatives, proposals, and international conferences are all a waste of time and vain endeavors. It continues later, Israel will exist and will continue to exist until Islam will obliterate it, just as it obliterated others before it. And finally, it said, the prophet, Allah bless him and grant him salvation, has said, quote, and so this is allegedly what Muhammad said, the day of judgment will not come about Until Muslims fight the Jews, killing the Jews, when the Jew will hide behind stones and trees, the stones and trees will say, "Oh Muslims, oh Abdullah, there is a Jew behind me. Come and kill him." Only the Gorkad tree, evidently some sort of tree would not do that because it is one of the trees of the Jews. Uh, so I, I think they're, uh, you know, I, they're not unclear in their motives here. I think they're fairly clear in, in, in what they want to do. And yet we have people in the United States who are uh, marching in uh, alliance with them. And, and not, just, not just Arab Americans, which for whatever reason you could, it, it, I don't approve, but I understand. Other Americans are marching in solidarity with, uh, with these
1: people, the people whose charter just said that.
2: And it's just inexplicable to
0: me. I mean, Ed, they're standing standing with the Palestinians not Hamas. Don't you know that? Are they? Well, some of them don't even know there's a difference.
1: Like BLM.
0: Right. Most people in America don't know that Israel left Gaza many, many years ago. Um, You know, Hamas has never hid its charter. It's like in America when we have these incidents and the guy says, this is exactly why I did it. And the police run out and say, we really don't know why he did it. And like you say, Hamas doesn't hide why they do it. They were proud of what they did. Which there was one good article: did Hamas jump the shark? Which is interesting, but I still figure most leftists will turn in their favor soon enough. Like, will anybody oh. permanently change their opinion? No,
3: because I don't when, know. I there was a lot. treat. Tre- you're talking about treasonous people that are not us. They're not on our there side. There are a lot
2: of examples of, um, of uh, leftist Jews on, on Twitter, uh, tweets saying how much they support BLM, and then a tweet today saying, well, maybe I don't really support uh, BLM. And I think the, uh, you know, the, uh, there are people who are, are changing their minds on certain things. I don't know whether any American leftist is going to change his mind on the right to keep and bear arms. Um, the Hamas and, and others are calling for a day of um, protest this Friday, Well, wow. and uh, I, uh, they're calling for it in the Arab world, but I, I don't doubt that it will spill over the, um, into the Western world. So my suggestion is not go anywhere on Friday, but if you have to go somewhere, go yeah. on
1: I mean, listen. If this isn't going to change your opinion on the right to bear arms in America at this point, I don't know what to tell you. Because if you don't think that this could happen here, you're living in a in a fantasy world. Especially with everybody that's pouring over the border. And when I was watching some of those those pro Hamas, pro Palestine protests going on here, I mean, my thought was like, they're they're here. And it's like, oh, they're just, they're just waiting for the signal. You know, I mean, that, that's the way I felt about
0: it. I mean, there's no reason, what, what especially I, with an aircraft carrier there now, which we can talk about, there's no reason we're different than France when they hit Paris and hit them hard. Mm-hmm. And this would be a perfect excuse for them too. I, You know, the
2: interesting thing, uh, militarily speaking, is um, these Hamas people are, are uh, the, uh, about a thousand uh, Hamas people uh, came into Israel through 15 uh, breaches in the border fence. They don't have a wall there. They have a fence. They have a wall in the West Bank, um, as well as zodiacs uh, in the ocean and um, these light light aircraft uh, across, you know, that you can see the video of them the light aircraft landing at the music festival. Um, but if you look at the videos of the Hamas people, they, are, they don't have military discipline. I mean, they did do this breach, and that, that's something. I mean, that's something. But they don't act like a military. On the northern border, there's Hamas, uh, Hezbollah, another Iran allied group, much more tightly controlled by Iran. And they have 23,000 fighters, maybe more, and and what I expect again, since this was probably orchestrated by Iran, what I expect is that uh, when the IDF gets involved in a ground war in in Gaza, they'll they'll attack in the north so, and and maybe stir up trouble in the West Bank, killing Jewish settlers and whatnot, the PFLP or even the Palestinian Authority. Um, so it's it's a it's it's a potentially three front war. Um, the other military thing that's that's in, interesting to me is that uh, in the Battle of Berlin, about a million uh, – well, between 500,000 and a million uh, Russian troops faced off against uh, about 100,000 German soldiers. About 50,000 were, were hardened uh, veterans and about 50,000 were, were you know, c- essentially civ- civilians with arms and you know it took it took a couple of weeks and uh, the soviets took 100,000 killed and the germans took all 100,000 armed killed and another 100 and 150,000 civilians killed and berlin is about 40% of the size of gaza uh, but it was just as built up so you can see that going into a a urban area like israel is doing with ground forces it, it's extremely difficult even with control of the air. You know, the aircraft were less sophisticated back then, but the, the Soviets had air superiority over Berlin. It's it's a non-trivial problem. And, and as the troops get sucked into Gaza, it's just going to be so tempting to attack from the north and from the West Bank. I, I, I worry about Israel not being smart with this. I, I don't I don't know what to do. I, you can't throw 150,000 troops into a ground combat operation in Gaza and think you're going to co- uh, conquer it. It's it's hard. And and the Russians found that My out. My only
0: answer to that is, do you remember how long it took them to conquer Gaza and the Golan the first time?
2: Well, Yeah, it was six days, right? But they weren't facing these forces.
0: They still conquered it in six days. So I I don't know. I I definitely hear you about the urban warfare. I just see now that the head of NATO is talking right away, proportionality and don't hurt anybody (laughs) innocent. And we're going to start hearing that word every five seconds. Um, I I think it's funny in light of 9-11 and America's reaction. Does anybody argue America's reaction to 9-11 was proportional?
2: No, it was grossly
0: disproportionate. Right. So I anybody saying that proportionality is what's needed here i i don't know how anybody even says it with a straight face but they will
1: well arguably they're not they're not even going as far as they really should right they probably won't well uh, uh, the united destroy, states reaction destroy to the en- destroy the enemy completely and vanquish them
2: the united states reaction to 911 was disproportional but stupid that's the thing, right? Because the, they turned the surveillance state against the American population. That was um, unrealistic. And then, you know, they kicked the Taliban out of uh, um, Afghanistan, but specifically allowed al-Qaeda to get away at Tora Bora. The United States government purposely, specifically allowed al-Qaeda to get away at at Tora Bora. Um, that was, that was, I, I don't know who did it. I don't know if there was Bush or the commander on the scene or some commander, they let them get away. Um, but then, you know, it turned out into the whole catastrophe and the Iraq catastrophe. And I think Israel, uh, you know, this could be an existential threat to Israel. You know, if, if the IRGC and Hezbollah evade from the north, if you know Jewish settlers are are murdered in the West Bank by the PFLP or something like that, um, you know, Israel might not have enough troops to deal with it. Yeah. Well, you would think it's we'll set an existential said threat. Well, that's, 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 that's an
3: imminently exigent. exigent that, that's a threat right. to
1: the world because there's no way in the, in the world we're going to sit on the sidelines and allow that to happen.
2: I, well, and and I think no that's way. why the United States has, said, uh, has sent a, a carrier uh, and may be sending another one. going could take another couple of weeks to get the Eisenhower over there. But the, it's, you know, I think that's the thing is to um, help out with uh, if,
3: if, you know, if Israel gets into real trouble. Um, Aren't and the is you know, going to the Mediterranean, or are they going to the Persian Gulf?
2: The Ford is in the Mediterranean off the coast of Israel right now, and the Eisenhower is at Norfolk and is steaming over there. It'll take a couple weeks to get there. Um, the There's an amphibious marine, uh, what do they call it, marine reconnaissance uh, in the uh, at Qatar, and that is moving also towards the, uh, um, I think, uh, the Red Sea, as well. So uh, you know, a lot of American troops are in, are on the move right now. Hopefully, this doesn't escalate into a three front war. Um, but you've got maniacs like uh, Lindsey Gramnesty, who I, and who who is an absolute maniac. Insisting that the United States attack Iran. Now, I'm no fan of Iran, that's for sure. But Iran has 60 million people, and it's it's a non you know it's a non-trivial country. Um, it has been a non-trivial country for for you know 3,000 years. It's it, it, it you don't attack Iran without yeah it's a also plan like and not uh, next
0: door. I mean, I don't yeah. think it's called particularly easy to attack, is it? Well, that's and that's well, I mean, you could me
3: a- want some hackers. bombs, huh?
2: You could launch some bombs at, at, at Iran, but the enemy gets a vote. And like, what will they do if we attack them? And that's a real problem. Well, because they could shut the Strait of Hormuz, which dub, would double oil prices. Now, I know doubling oil prices is probably part of Biden's climate agenda, but I don't think that's the mechanism he wants to use. Uh, but so you know it's what? A, it's a tough there,
1: there, there's no. There's no possible way for Israel to... Uh, be victorious, let's say, unless Iran is out of the picture, and um, as long as the mullahs are there, uh, this kind of violence is never going to stop. It's just it's just going to continue the way we've seen it. It'll be cyclical. It's just it's just never going to end. There's never going to be peace. Okay, Mike, so,
0: do you think this is going to escalate, or you think it's just going to die down like it usually does?
1: I, I don't know. I really, I I don't know. I would, I think if what Ed is saying were to transpire, I think we'd be dragged into it. I don't, I don't know that they would want that per se. So I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to say, but when I'm looking at the big picture, the big picture is Iran. You know, you can declare war on Hamas all you want. I mean, it's like, I don't know, maybe it's a bad analogy. You're declaring war on the Navy SEALs and not America. You're, you're de- declaring it on the the one element that committed the acts of violence and the atrocities. But what's behind it is Iran. And until something's done about that country, and they've gotten away with this our entire lives. Since the, the moment I, I can remember, one of the biggest stories in my lifetime, the 1979 Iran hostage crisis on the news every single day day 50 day 60 on and on and on mm-hmm. they have gotten away with this for going on five decades now and Steven, the bully yeah, never they've gets been the, at the, the war the bully, with the united states since yeah, and the bully never gets a punch in the mouth when it what reason do they ever have to stop
3: okay Steven, now there's... until i see evidence to the contrary i think israel is going to capitulate like it always does what does that mean? They've, they're already attacking large yeah, sections look, of whatever. Gaza from the air. Right. So they'll, they'll mass kill three hundred thousand troops. They'll kill a bunch of people. They'll take some territory. They'll do they'll do reprisals, but they will not solve the problem. They will not end the enemy's presence there.
1: Yeah, for the reasons I just stated. Until Iran is dealt with, it's never going to end.
3: Now, again,
2: if I were uh, you know uh, a magical being and had Scotty's transporter, I would take and transport the entire. Um, Gaza Strip, you know, just south of Tehran, um, and have the Iranians deal with the Gazans. Uh, I'll, I'll get Scotty to work on that uh, solution, because um, that's, that's who deserves these people. Uh, and of course, the Iranians despise Hamas, and they despise the Gazans, because uh, they're Sunni, and um, they are... Absolutely, uh, you know the the scum of the earth, according to the Shiites. But they use them as a tool. Um, because the enemy is my enemy. So now, uh, so let me ask. I think I think deporting the Gazans to uh, to Iran would be a perfect
0: solution. As non Jews and or non Israelis, what do you think is the collective American opinion? Even though there is no such thing about sending that aircraft carrier.
3: I don't know what's going on other than that Israel was attacked. I don't think that there's any connection to whether this is going to lead to a larger scale war, whether it's going to embolden. I mean, if, if Ed's hypothesis comes true and you have a three front war in Israel and you've got this war raging in Ukraine, I mean, what's to stop the Chinese from invading Taiwan? What's to what's to stop the the Muslims from invading in other places and committing other acts of terror? Right. We could I don't be know. on the precipice of World War III.
0: I don't know if I send you that article that somebody wrote that this would be the absolute perfect time for China to act. America's got nothing left in its arsenal, and everybody's super duper distracted, and this would be the perfect time. But yeah. that's what I wonder. So you know, is this a tinderbox? How bad is a tinderbox? And again. If I'm from Oklahoma, am I like, why in the world are we sending an aircraft carrier there?
2: I, I, you know, I read a lot of uh, radical right stuff as well as rightist stuff and middle of the road stuff and leftist stuff. The radical right is very upset uh, that um, there was a meme I think I posted in the chat showing uh, showing Hamas rockets uh, going off uh, and then the Iron Dome rockets going to intercept them. And it was labeled American taxpayer dollars on one and American taxpayer dollars on the other. And I think, you know, the rightists are are upset that that this is, you know, why are we funding both sides of this conflict? Why are we sending money to Hamas? Um, Trump stopped the money from the Palestinians, uh, but Biden started up again, like on day one, and, and, you know, he just sent $6 billion in cash to Iran. He's sending hundreds of millions of dollars to um, the Palestinians in both the PA and in Gaza. And, and I, I think the, the America firsters um, are, are sick of it, to be honest, that we're, they're, we're funding both sides of these, uh, of these conflicts. And I, I think, you know, again, from the right-wing perspective, um, not even from the right-wing perspective, you know that. The um, uh, recruitment rate for the U.S. Army is down dramatically, like 40 percent um, that we we have no, you know, that they, they're they're not advertising the Army as something good for young men because we don't have young men anymore. We have young non-binary, uh, you know, people that's who they're advertising for and they get some of them. Uh, none of them are worth a damn in a fight, but they get some of them. So a recruiting is down. You know, I think the the Navy recruiting is down too. I um, mean, that's one of the reasons why we can't have uh, the 300-ship Navy that, um, that uh, President Trump wanted is because we can't recruit enough sailors. Um, the Marines are strong. The Air Force is strong. Both of them have, the um, Air Force says it, you know, it's, it's all, all woke all the time, but when it comes to piloting a plane or doing the maintenance on a plane, they, they actually do care about ability and the Marine Corps is, you know, very retro. So they're, they're pretty strong, but the army and the Navy are are in tough positions. And that's, I think, because the normies out in the heartland who would say, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go fight for our country. I was like, well, yeah, but I don't want to fight for Ukraine or I I don't want to fight for afghan government that's going to surrender in seven days to the taliban i I don't want to fight for israel i don't want to fight i want to fight for america and since america doesn't fight and so i think that there's a lot of that out there especially on the right um
1: there's a radical element if you will to the america first thing which is is, isolationist almost And, and you know again i think when it comes to world affairs it's not always black and white you know, Ukraine and, and Russia is different than Israel and Iran and the Middle East. And to sit here and act like Iran is not a potential, you know, may, perhaps the most significant threat aside from, from let's say, China, um, you know, if they get the nuclear bomb, I think they're, they are more dangerous because they're more reckless and, and um, more willing to use it, I would say, than the Chinese w- would be. So they do need to be stopped, and I'm not advocating, you know, a, a military strike or anything like that. But I, I think if, if we were serious, if we had serious, serious people leading the country, we'd be thinking about ways to get rid of that regime. Or, or hurt them. I, you know, the, the military situation with regard to Iran is very,
2: very difficult because, um, you know, if you look at a map of the, of the Strait of Hormuz, which a lot of oil goes through. Uh, there's these headlands in Iran, and they're filled with these hidden anti-ship missiles. And so the Iranians could just, uh, a- and they have all of these P- essentially PT boats um, armed with anti-ship missiles too, and they're in and out of those little islands there. You can look on a map and see it. It's very tough uh, terrain. And so um, they could shut down the Strait of Hormuz, and they could do it you know, in a moment, and that would you know, double, triple the oil prices immediately. And that no president wants that. But to like stop it, to open it, it's not enough to like have our destroyers do convoys of the, you know, oil tankers. That's not enough. We would have to root out all of those PT boats, which require, you know, a lot of work on our part. And then we would have to actually send, you know, like airborne troops or the Marines or something up into those headlands to root out all of those missile launchers and that, so that's boots on the ground and whatnot. It would be a three month operation, right? I mean, even if the United States military was, you know, at its strongest, you know, pre, pre-Iraq war, you know, um, it would be, a, it, it, it's a hard thing to do. It's a very hard thing to do to open up that strait again. And it's all based on the terrain and the way the Iranians are using the terrain. So, You're the president. You say, "Okay, I want to bomb this Iranian nuclear facility or I want to bomb this Iranian oil refinery. I want to bomb this Iranian missile factory. That's all great. That's all perfect. But then you then some guy says, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a big war and it's going to be very expensive. And oh, by the way, oil prices are going to double or triple for a couple of months. And then the president's go, really? And then he says, "Okay, well, we'll do more sanctions then. It's different. High, it's the same.
3: I, okay, a different take. Ed. I, I think, I think we've got an election coming up, and I think that Biden and whoever's running his his regime is looking for reasons to clamp down on dissent and to have mail in voting or other uh, other ways that that violate our norms. I think that. They want. They would love to send our troops there. They would love to invite a military catastrophe to our troops. I think they would love to invite a nuclear weapon to be used on American soil. I think they're all for all these things. I don't think that those are calculations that are going to create caution in this administration. I think it's going to embolden this administration. I think it's exactly what they want. They, they want to have hor- horrific events because those that's the kind of crisis that they will use to try and consolidate their power. They would rather rule in hell than live in heaven. That is their that is their motto. Now, but on on, the, on the
1: other on the other side of the coin, I mean, I think this helps Trump. I mean, it, they're basically proving him right. Well, right? yeah, I mean, I Trump mean, is a fairy to, he,
3: tale, but yes, he you know, if only I were there, then none of this would have happened. No, no, he well, warned he, six weeks ago. He, he, he warned. Said if he said, "If, you send, Iran, just, if
1: right. you send the money to Iran,
2: it'll just. If you send the money to Iran, it'll
3: just uh encourage more." It, uh, and let's not forget uh, it, I mean, and terrorism. Right, you know, we were talking Trump about Trump. Trump was a lot more, lot better with the talk than with the action, and. I mean, I, I don't mean that to be overly critical because I'm glad that he kept us out of wars. But I, I think it's a little bit of, of wishful thinking to think, oh, Trump would solve all these problems. Ultimately, this is the kind of problem that re- if you're going to solve it, it's, as Mike said, it's going to require boots on the ground and, and real fighting. And Trump doesn't want to fight. Trump would be on the appeasement side. He'd be on the let's make a deal side. And there's no deal to be made with these people.
2: Yes, well, as they say in their charter, they're right. they're not interested in a deal. That's why I read that they are not interested. They're committed right. to not having but, but, a deal.
1: But again, the, he, he predicted some of this. He, he he talked about. I mean, obviously, the whole thing with the the withdrawal from Afghanistan and all those the weapons and stuff that were that were there that apparently they got their hands on, as far as I can tell. That, that right. So yeah. you know, all this plays into his hands politically. It's, it's the best thing that could happen for him and it i think it further separates him from the rest of the uh republican presidential field
0: okay then I
2: one if thing the news is they, saying what's that oh, i'm sorry
1: I, the one thing the news is saying
2: is that you know there are a number of american hostages um i sent you that kurt schlichter that's uh, kind of what i want to talk about week. he, well, that, he says they're all dead but um and that's All dead in the sense that we can't rescue them, but it does appear that um, Biden is spinning up the uh, special forces as a possible go in and do a rescue mission. That could end up being a a catastrophe. I don't know. We'll see. That that might be be a miracle. That could be Carter. That could be Carter. I can't.
0: can't. My question is
3: Carter was inept. I think Biden is malicious. Mm -hmm. He'd be sending those special forces in with the purpose of getting them killed. Carter didn't wow. want to get them killed. He was
0: just a complete moron. I think there's a difference.
1: I, I agree with well,
0: that. My, my understanding <laughs> is there's no way in the world a billion SEALs could save hostages because they're scattered and some of them may already be in Iran. And they're not in one place. It's not in Tebbi. I don't see any way in the world they're going to get rescued. Um, frankly, I don't see any way Well, you know, get any of them out. That- I I I,
2: I want to you know recommend to our three listeners. Uh, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu's uh, older brother led the Entebbe raid uh, to free those hostages, and he was the only casualty; he was killed in that raid. And Benjamin Netanyahu's younger brother wrote a book on the Entebbe raid, and it's very good. And uh, basically, what it said was, um, for the first couple of days, it was just people running around with like chickens with their head cut off and until so finally it all sort of came together under the vision of one guy. Um, and, uh, you know, and the raid, you know, was obviously a, r- a success um, from, from that point. And I have a feeling that the Israeli military is the same, you know, it's like a lot of people running around with their heads cut off and they've got to sort of um, chickens with their heads cut off and they've got to sort of come together with a realistic, a plan. <laughs> and, and I think the U.S. needs to do the same.
0: And Tebby worked because they were in one place, the hostages that weren't there or the one or whoever, or how many weren't there, got killed. Um, it can't happen. The, the, Hamas is not dumb. And Tebby was what, 1972, 73?
3: 17. Something like that. Yeah. Early 70s. Right. It was 25 years into Israel's existence. They still, there was still a much more Zionist element in, in control there, even though they've had leftist governments. The, the left has rotted out Israel the way it's rotted out American institutions too. Israel's not the same strong, doesn't have the same moral clarity that it had 50 years ago when, when it did the Entebbe raid. And that's the real difference.
0: Yeah. And on that one I disagree, because I think right now they're in an amazing place. And I really think they would plan a raid if they thought there were a chance. But my question is more for the non-Israeli and the non-Jewish. What, how much should America invest in trying to save hostages that is probably impossible to save? Are they ever going to start bargaining and paying for them? Like, what do you think? What do you want to have happen? Sort of a miracle that they just sent them home. What would you, if you were running the government, would you pay anything to get them back? Would you throw Israel under the bus to get them back? What would you do? Well, Kurt
2: Schlichter said that his response would be to calmly uh, explain to Iran that if the hostages aren't released, um, you know, Iran's going to be missing a few cities.
3: i
0: are well, not going to do that. I, said, I mean, it sounds great, and I wish that, that, we but we're, we're not going <laughs> to. I don't
1: think I want to, you know, not a strike like that for a few hostages. But now we're talking disproportional. Yeah,
3: I would love th- disproportionate. I mean, I think there's the only a, a, way you can get your way get get the get the problem solved. You can't yeah. make it where it's you know like stealing candy from a candy store and oh if they catch you you just pay for it. No, you've got to punish them. Well, and I mean, I, I think
2: it. disproportionate is right. I, I think you have to act disproportionately. The problem with nine eleven is I, we acted. Disproportionately in the wrong direction.
1: I, mean, I don't right? think it so, requires another Hiroshima or Nagasaki. But yeah, I mean this. Well,
3: <laughs> but the problem for me is, I just I love what Schlichter proposed, but there's just yeah. no way Biden is going to do that. Right. I mean, and, and if he did do it, it would only be in a way where he could he could make the world blame the United States for some terrible crime. Yeah. That's the only way he would do something like that. He will never do anything to augment and strengthen the United States. He will only do things to take us down. So well that's how we got here. I
1: mean between him and Obama and everything. How that's bad
0: how bad is this Mali scandal that this guy who was supposedly kind of working for the Iranians in the administration? Is that a serious scandal? Did he really cause trouble pro-Iran? Oh yeah.
2: But he's not the only one. There's a whole book I read about uh uh, uh Turkish Mafia infiltrating the FBI and uh, and you know protecting uh, you know the Turkish mafia interests. There's a very interesting book about the corruption in the FBI, but like this goes on all the time. These foreign countries insert their people into our government at every level, and the you know and and you know when it's somebody like me, uh, uh, they do thorough security checks. But you know when somebody like this guy, that would be racist. So they just let him in. Well, you know, I, I honest, think it's
0: crazy. Aren't all governments trying that on every other government? No, because everybody, no, we're not doing it to like Oman. We're not doing it to
2: like India. It's everybody does it to us because the United States is the most powerful country. And, and not only, we have an inverse empire, right? Our, usually in the Roman empire, the provinces paid money to the center. In our empire, the center, i.e. the United States, pays money to the provinces. And so all the provinces like, send their people to try and infiltrate to get more of the dough. Um, it's, it's a weird empire that we have. And uh, that, the fact that we spend so much money on other countries just encourages them to bring in their, their agents, uh, foreign agents, and, and you know, try to influence policy, whether it's legally and they're registered by the Foreign Agent Registration Act. Um, Or illegal, like Hunter Biden. I mean, all these countries do it.
0: Or like uh, the president's granddaughter. But let's say you're talking about inverse. So using that, let's say your congressman calls you up tomorrow and says, what should I do about the American hostages in Gaza? What would you tell him?
2: I'm up with a plan to rescue them and ask the military whether they could actually do it without um, all dying.
0: And the military says can't be successful. So really the only choices are to give up or to sell them out, pay for them, right? Let them die, pay for them. We can't do that. Now we have paid. For I,
2: I wouldn't trust anyone in the military above the rank of Lieutenant Colonel. If there's some Lieutenant Colonel in the special forces that says we can do this, then I go ahead with it. If, if anybody, ab- <laughs> Lieutenant Colonel said we can do this. I'd completely ignore them and say, "Let me talk to Lieutenant Colonel." Oh. But we can't pay for them, right? I mean, you can't pay for hostages.
0: That's this Trump's point. It'll just only encourage more Obama hostages. Paid. Obama paid, Biden paid. And you can pay in ways that aren't even money. You can unfreeze assets, do all the same garbage we do. We could trade our prisoners. We could force Israel to trade its prisoners. I mean, if we really want to be nasty, we could put incredible pressure on Israel to trade its prisoners. Well, we could take prisoners and then trade them.
2: That would be another thing. Like instead of doing a a rescue mission um, to. Rescue American hostages. We do a capture mission to capture some mullahs in Iran or head, the heads of, of Hezbollah in Beirut or something like that. And then say, you know, kill them, you know, capture them, bring them back, uh, you know, well, not the Run United States. Put them in cages. Judges would take them. But yeah, put them in cages somewhere One and say, okay, yeah. now we'll, we'll give you these people back. I mean, that would be the indirect approach. That's, uh, you know, Basil H. Littleheart's military strategy book is all about the indirect approach. Don't go where they're strong. Go where they're weak.
0: All right, and that would be interesting Um, because obviously the only hostages they would give a hoot about would be their leaders. The rest of them, they don't care if they die. You know, one of the interesting fights going on in Israel is the victims of the attack are finding cells in hospitals and in the next bed is one of the terrorists. <laughs> and I even heard, I heard one guy in Israel on the radio say, like Americans were a heck of a lot smarter. They sent them all to Guantanamo. Like some people were saying, just shoot them. Some people were saying, don't treat them. Some people were saying, treat them, don't give them valuable beds. But you know, this a country moving left is now in such confusion. On the one hand, we're saving them. You know, for months and months, I think the head of Hamas's, or um, Hezbollah's daughter has been in an Israeli hospital for some kind of specialized treatment, and and even the thing that they're doing not providing electricity, water, and gas, which they're going to be under incredible pressure. Now, you guys, you remember World War II? We gave a lot of electricity to the Germans, right? No, but I mean oh. they are they are likening it to um, the Warsaw ghetto,
2: and, and there isn't you know that that's an interesting comparison. Uh, It's not, obviously, I I don't think it's the Israelis are like the Nazis or the Palestinians are like the Jews, but it is kind of what the Nazis did to the Warsaw Ghetto. Um, And so it is something that sort of
0: people who know America did not eh. provide supplies to its enemy. To expect Israel to is ridiculous. On the contrary, my understanding of the Holocaust is there were many attempts to send money to various Jews in various countries. And America said no, because it's going to fall into the hand of the enemy. So the expectation Israel should provide electricity to Gaza is, is kind of ridiculous, in my opinion. But that's another place where the world is going to pressure Israel to say, it's okay if you bomb their buildings, but you still got to give them electricity and water. Which well, Egypt, Egypt is off the hook because Egypt blockades them the same or worse. And everybody seems willing to live with yeah. that.
3: Stephen, that's, it, the, it, it, that's it, a, the. It's a it's norm. norm. Go ahead, Ed. Go ahead, I'll say it after.
2: Oh, uh, I just, it's a norm in Western countries to to treat enemy prisoners with um, medical care. I think it's ridiculous to have them in the same ward. I think they should all be in a, a, a hospital, prison, prison
0: hospital, something right. like that. That's a field but, the um, hospital, not in a, a yeah. regular room. What, Ed?
3: Um, I, I just think that the, the elephant in the room here that nobody wants to talk about is. The amount of anti-Semitism that this this whole episode is revealing, there are so many people that that they don't want to be called anti-Semites, but there's always a reason to hate on Israel. There's always a reason to hate on the Jews. The Jews did this. The Jews did that. The Jews control the media. The Jews control the banks. The Jews control this. And and I just see that in, in a lot of places and. I just think that's the the elephant in the room that, you know, that's why Israel is expected to do those things, Stephen, because there's a lot of Jew hatred that masquerades as compassion for for the Palestinians.
0: But that would assume that leftists wouldn't want America to give supplies to their enemy as well. I mean, you know, yeah, well, I mean, it's a special
3: I, case because it's a Jewish state.
0: They are a special case, but I think not necessarily in this area because leftists are just generally insane. You know, we're supposed to coddle our enemies. Um, there's, listen, what's interesting is when you see the stories, yes, there's a lot of vicious anti-Semitism popping up, um, some of which is almost normal isolationism, some of which is just pure anti-Semitism. To me, it's interesting in New York, so, you know, Mayor Adams has practically been Prime Minister of Israel the last couple of days. He's so pro-Israel, he's like wearing blue and white underwear. And again, I wonder how long any of that is going to last. AOC is kind of, I think, slightly playing the fence. The squad is on the other side, seemingly, although they're trying to escape it. But I can't imagine a guy like Adams in New York wanting to stay that strongly on the pro-Israel side. If yeah he's wearing i mean you white underwear like,
3: it's it's only as long as he it's only until he gets to imitate what biden does to his underwear ouch <laughs> the weird thing is you read uh, sort of leftist jewish
2: people like glenn greenwald or, or um noam chomsky and they're all about oh the poor palestinians oh the poor palestinians oh they're so oppressed they're oh the poor palestinians and, and oh, the Israeli government is evil. In the Israeli, I mean, I, I really have never met anyone, you know, except myself, who who like can criticize the Israeli government, but not fall into the oh, the poor Palestinians thing. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the Palestinians have sown the wind, and they're reaping the whirlwind. I, I don't see. I, I have no sympathy for them whatsoever. They brought this on themselves. Just like you know, I have no I have no sympathy. Uh, for the Japanese uh, who were, you know, bombed in the Second World War, I, I have no sympathy for the Germans who were bombed. I, I mean, I, I agree that the terror bombing that we did to the Germans was a little over the top, and and the terror bombing that we did for the Japanese was over the top. And if I were in charge, I wouldn't do either of them. But on the other hand, like they they made their particular bed, and now they then that's what they had to to sleep in. And I think the Palestinians made their bed here, and I, I just you know, I, I just don't see huh. how you can like moan and, and groan about like what have they done? What have they done with Gaza they, to make it a better place? They what freely have they elected done to, like, Hamas
3: their lives. Hamas they, is their is their representative do,
2: government. All they the Palestinians in Gaza do is they don't even teach their children. They teach them to memorize the Quran and they have these television programs to tell them they hate the Jews and Americans. And, and that's all they do. They don't build anything. They don't work, they don't produce. I mean, why don't they produce their own damn electricity? You know, I I don't understand. Yes, okay, to import coal or oil or whatever, so do it. Produce some good that they can trade for oil. Produce some good that they can trade for electricity.
0: Uh, They just don't do anything. The idea of leaving Gaza was Gaza could have been Singapore. That is a stunning area. And there are apparently some really nice palatial houses where the heads of Hamas live, you could have made Gaza into Monte Carlo. You could have made it into a wonderful place. And they they have great beaches. And by the way, the beaches are unbelievable. Any Palestinian who wanted to leave Gaza and become an Israeli citizen and behave nicely would probably be welcomed. And everybody knows the Arabs in Israel have a lot more freedom than the Arabs anywhere else. So, but yes, as on the whole, they made their bed. And they're not worse off than Arabs in certain other countries. Are they worse off than the people in the mountains in Afghanistan under their own? Well, I don't know. It depends. Uh, You know, the weird thing
2: is like uh, the, uh, the British and the Israelis have fought a number of wars against the Palestinians. And every single time the Palestinians have lost and they just can't understand that they lost. The Germans understood they lost. The Japanese understood they lost. The Americans in Vietnam understood we lost. They just can't get it. They lost the war. They're still. It's like these people are still fighting the, the Scottish Rebellion of 1745. They just can't understand that they lost. And every time they lost, the Israelis have offered them peace and The Israelis and and Israelis have offered them, like, you want to go somewhere else? You want to go to Lebanon? The Lebanese were like, absolutely not. We do not want these people. They're horrible people. You want to go to Jordan? Absolutely not. Oh my God, we hate these people. They're the worst people in the world. You want to Egypt? You want these people? Oh, hey, Egypt's like, absolutely not. These are the worst human beings on the history of the planet. We cannot let them into our country. And, you know, so, it, and they are, they are the Gazans, I mean, the West Bank, you know, but the Gazans are really, really the worst people in the world. And it's no wonder that none of their Arab brothers want them. The Saudis wouldn't touch them with a the 10-foot pole. They're, they're, they're irredeemable to quote Hillary Clinton.
0: Deplorable, irredeemable. Even. Yeah, deplorable.
2: Deplorable, yes.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, I no- mean, they, they're uneducated. They're anti-education. All they teach is the Koran and hatred of Jews and Americans. Um, They don't particularly work. Uh, They don't produce anything.
0: You know, it's, it's. Well, there's no question between those issues issues. and the brotherhood thing. You're right. None of the Arabs want them. I want to move slightly to the, um, the thing that's going on with the law students losing their positions because they, backed Hamas and some people saying that's cancel culture and should not be encouraged. I, I tend to think that a private company saying, I don't want you on my staff, isn't cancel culture, but I'm open to hear No, that, No, that
2: is, that is exactly cancel culture. Uh, cancel culture is using uh, corporations to silence unwanted now, views. Cancel
0: culture is if the Jewish people called the law firm and said, if you don't fire this person or not hire this person, we're gonna do A, B, and C and not use you, et cetera. But for a firm on its own to say- Well, I don't, how do you know it's on its own? Well, no one's even no one's even suggested it. It's just not the kind of thing that, listen, the people who pressure are left-wingers and left-wingers wouldn't have done it. So I don't, to me, it's not cancel culture to say, uh, I don't know. Well, my, I mean, I know what Ed's gonna say, which is something on the order
2: of, hey, they, it's the new rules, baby. And that's no, another I don't care. that that's is the, another. That's the
0: current But I, I don't yeah. know that it's um all right. Ed, you want to say that for a minute?
3: <laughs> I do think it's the new rules, but I also think even if they weren't told to do it, they they know they know what the rules of the game are. They you know they don't have to be told by leftist groups to to cancel. They know what the unpopular views are, they know they they know what, what views are supposed to be silenced. They don't need marching orders they they they're part of the they're part of the elite that give the marching orders in the first place these but top you, law firms. And are these you top
0: surprised people. that a law firm is refusing to hire somebody who sided with Hamas? Is that a big change? That does surprise
3: me, honestly.
0: Uh, but you know,
3: I don't have a good explanation. That, why goes
0: that. The, you know, did this jump the shark? Because I've never heard of law firms not hiring people on that side of the aisle, but this is a case like that. And apparently a lot of the other Harvard students and NYU students are under the same threat that they could lose their positions out of law school. So in a sense, Hamas may have gone too Uh, far. Again, will that last? I don't know. I I, I think maybe maybe there's
1: a little bit of a difference between choosing sides politically, whether it's... You know all the woke stuff and the transgender and all this other crap versus, in the wake of a violent terrorist attack, you know taking sides with the terrorist. You know, I mean, I, I, if I owned a company and somebody, some employee was found to uh, have said, uh, I, you know, I, I love, I, I love Al Qaeda. I'm glad they, you know, they took down the towers and killed thousands of Americans." I don't think I'd want them well, to of my
3: Mike, company, Mike. I mean, I wonder if anybody he, did get fired for that. But historically, <laughs> 20 years ago, all these big law firms were lining up to represent all the Guantanamo detainees and all, you know, anyone who was associated with the 9-11 attacks. So I, I really don't have a good explanation as to why all of a sudden supporting Hamas is, is somehow over a line. I, I kind of tend to disagree, Steve, that it's that Hamas jumped the shark. I, I think it's something that we just don't know. I I, I, I don't believe that the I don't believe it's that Hamas jumped the shark. I don't believe it's that they suddenly are going to hate, you know, ostracize Hamas. I would love it if that's the case, but uh, I'm skeptical.
0: I mean, I've seen much more anti-Hamas stuff this time than any other time before. By far, is it because of the sheer number of people? Is it because of the type of people that they? Oh, are... they're killing, they're beheading babies. Yeah, that again. No, that, so, that that
2: report was that report. I've was heard it it was the Israeli
0: military. Yeah, but CNN reported it is true. I I don't think we'll ever know if it's true or not. Okay, well, I mean, if CNN
2: reported it's true, we know exactly what it is.
0: No, but CNN would have reported the (laughs) other side, and they definitely did horrible things. One of the things that bothered me is the way they brag about it and they're so damn proud about it, which is just well, machine gunning
2: concert goers is enough to prove that these are not nice people
0: as they're running. I, I
2: don't as they're
0: running away. Yeah.
2: It's yeah, own. as the running line that you know, we we can understand they're not not
3: nice people.
0: Now, is it interesting Certainly that true. Iran is disavowing it in the sense of saying, "Well, we back Hamas, but we had nothing to do with this." Is that surprising?
2: That is surprising.
0: I mean, to me I, anyway. is there like a one percent bit of fear that they really don't want to be caught up in this? That you see, I don't think the Hamas people thought this was going to happen. I truly believe the stories that they thought most of them were going to get shot when they cross. They'll kill a few people. They'll take ten hostages and try to get home. I don't think anybody dreamed that they could roam around Israel for a couple hours killing people
2: i I, I think you're probably right because again, if it was a master plan, then the Hezbollah attack would be coming, and the the uprising, you know, against Jewish settlers would also be coming. so. Uh, You know, I was thinking in terms of if Iranians were, you know, clever and trying to do this as stage one is do the Gaza thing, pull troops down. Stage two is from the north. Stage three is in the uh, is in the West Bank and sort of coordinate
0: that. Um, But uh, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. I'm not sure. Maybe they were. I mean, I'm literally on the radio or TV 24 seven Israeli news. It is something they're very concerned about. Every few seconds, there's another attack. Right before the show, Israel, so they have this really cool app from the Home Front Command, which I signed up for, and you tell them where you live. And it only red alerts you for that area, along with how many seconds it takes to hide, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they put out a false alarm for like the whole country. And did did you sign
2: up with like your old address or something? No, I actually
0: I signed up with my current. But then you can say other areas that you want to be notified. And I quickly realized I really don't want to get beeped because they're coming every second. So I get them quietly and I could put it my sister's address. I could put my niece's address. But they made they made a mistake and alerted the whole country. And they're very on edge. And then when they pulled back from that, they said, but there's still warnings all over the north. So, there's an incredible amount of worry. And I don't know that Hezbollah won't attack, or are they just gonna, you know, a little bit of fighting just to test it out? It's really hard to know. I know that the Israelis I listen to, one of them is saying we definitely could fight two fronts. One of them is saying there's no way in the world we could fight two fronts. Again, what's the truth? Who in the world knows? Hopefully, nobody has to find out. So, is the second biggest story RFK?
3: My man, maybe. I um, mean, it might be again, It might be Steve Scalise and and Jim Jordan.
0: It's Scalise? Well, Scalise has the fair. first step.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's he's going to be the speaker. He the was Republican nominated vote, though, he hasn't been closed. voted, right? Yeah, there is the a the vote. He is the nominee uh, now. Whether he can get every single Republican to back him, which he needs, we we don't know, but. I think there is an agreement that it's going to be Steve Scalise. And again, Steve Scalise, you know, we have issues, but he he was shot by a crazy leftist. I mean, if that doesn't, if that doesn't focus his attention, I I don't know what will.
0: So
3: Uh, if you had your choice
0: between Jordan and Scalise, who would you have picked?
3: I would have picked Jordan, even though I think Jordan is a is a bit of a fraud. I would have picked Jordan because he's at least viewed as more strident and more opposed to the Democrats. And I think that's exactly what the Democrats deserved. They all voted. They all voted together with Gates and, and a couple of others to get rid of the appeaser in chief, Kevin McCarthy, who was being deposed precisely because he worked too much with Democrats. So. I would have put in a guy like Jordan who at least rhetorically says we should stop working with Democrats. Now, I don't think he would have been much better than Scalise. I mean, what does that mean though? I mean, what? The Democrats control the Senate. If you don't work with the
2: Democrats, it means basically there's, there's absolutely nothing can possibly get done.
0: You've got to work with Democrats a little bit. Whoa, whoa, I mean, whoa. Why happens. do we want uh, anything why? to get done? I mean, get to nothing, that point. Nothing positive can happen when Biden's president. Why would I want anybody working with the Senate?
3: Exactly.
2: Well, then the government will shut down in, in December and not open up again until January twenty twenty five, which may not be Yahoo.
0: Okay. Because <laughs> the, the Republicans can't get anything, no matter who's the Speaker. I never thought this was such a big deal to be five days without they, a Speaker. They care. can't
1: get anything when they're when they have all three branches. So.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. Well, now then they can, but they don't want to. <laughs> I mean, some are saying Scalise is physically not up to the task, being ill, which is interesting that they still nominated him anyway. He's got some kind of horrible cancer or something, doesn't he? I don't know. Yeah. Besides being shot, he's got some medical issues. So, um, Ed M., you think that's up this up there in stories with RFK Jr.'s announcement?
3: I, yeah, think, we I think we are, I, i'm all for rfk jr i think he's an exciting candidate but i'm just not so sure that he's going to catch fire with the with the american people i hope he does what is going to happen okay so here we go we all remember uh
2: the uh, ross pro debate in 92 where he debated bush and clinton and um you know he talked about the giant sucking sound of jobs going to Mexico under NAFTA. That happened to be true, but it happened to be not as true as the giant sucking sound of all of the manufacturing jobs going to China. Um, but it was, a, it was a big moment. Uh, and uh, as was uh, Pat Buchanan uh, debating uh, Bush. I don't think there are gonna be debates next summer because I think, you know, I think he'll be polling at 15, 20%. And you cannot have, I know he has a voice problem, but you can't have a smart, articulate, libertarian, centrist, populist, like, um, uh, you know, anti-pharma, anti-big tech, anti-censorship. It's too dangerous. Um, You know, you can't have him on the same stage as Trump and Biden. I mean, Biden is half dead and Trump is incoherent. (laughs) So you can't you can't have, put Kennedy in, the, in, in that mix because he will like run rings around both of them. I mean, he'll he, he'll make fools of both of them. And now, the media, the moderators will try and, and hurt him as much as they possibly can. But, you know, they're going to be
0: trying to hurt Trump, too. So it, I, I just don't think there's going to be debates at all. No, I don't at, think at there'll be debates. I, there can't be. There's no impetus for any network or any party to have debates. Yeah, and and Platt, RFK Jr. would would
2: um, would destroy both Biden and Trump. I I I don't know whether he'd win any states, but it would you know it'll it'd be like thirty three percent Biden, thirty two percent Trump, and you know, or thirty four percent Biden, thirty three percent Trump, thirty two percent RFK if
0: he gets on the stage. You know, no, be, because be he's crazy. running because he's running as a third party. That means he's not he doesn't have to worry about any primaries. Correct.
2: If he can get on the ballots, yeah. he's got to get on the ballots or right. he could potentially get the Libertarian Party to uh, back him and they have ballot access to all 50 states.
0: Right. But while everybody running a primary,
3: a, I'm sorry, Libertarians also have a primary, though. No, they no, 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 no. They have a convention a convention, a convention. That's right. Yeah. Convention.
0: Yeah. But I'm saying he doesn't have we'll to see. go through a lot of that footwork. He can just sort of show up on stage if people would let him. But again, I don't see any debates happening.
2: Well, he has to get on the ballot and that requires signatures. Now, if somebody comes to my house and asks me to sign, I'm signing uh, immediately, but it takes a lot of
0: signatures to get. Every state has a different threshold, I would assume.
2: Yeah. 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 It's all different. So I don't know. It's hard. Ross Pro did it,
0: Um, but that was the last time. Some people are saying, that the left is telling everybody that he's going to pull from the right, he's going to pull voters from Trump, but that's kind of a false flag thing because they're really worried he's going to pull from them. Um, Who will he pull from? Uh, Well, I mean, again, I think he will pull from both uh,
2: candidates. The question is, um, will, will he pull more from Trump? If you listen to his speech the other day, he really hit a bunch of what I would consider leftist themes that I wasn't terribly happy about before going into the themes, you know, anti-censorship, anti-pharma, anti-the, you know, uh, big tech and whatnot later in the, in the speech, you know, he, he talked about announcing on indigenous people's day. Well, that just, that annoys the crap out of me. Right. That was the first part of the speech. And I was like, ah, come on, come on. But, um, so, yeah, I mean, he he has Dennis Kucinich, the crazy communist. This is the campaign leader. Oh, my Lord. Not a big fan of Kucinich, of uh, course. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, so, but I do like, I, I'm sorry, I still like RFK Jr. I,
1: I like him. And I'm. I mean, I, I like him to a point because I think when it comes to constitutional rights and liberties, I, I think he's he's correct. He's not a crazy leftist on that. I mean, he's positioning himself
2: as, as like his dad or like JFK. Now, honestly, if we all know what happened with JFK, he was ill, he slept around, you know, he was on drugs, you know, to deal with his illness. Uh, we all know that. But if, if John F. Kennedy were running for president against Trump or, and Biden, I mean, come on, right? Who, who wouldn't vote for him, right? I mean, look, he was an American patriot. Uh, You know, he wasn't perfect, but I mean, God. And so that's what he's positioning himself as, is sort of JFK. The Democratic Party has 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 so far left, so far to the left over the last 50 years. I mean, come on.
0: Yeah, but RFK has a a long record of leftism that JFK couldn't have amassed at his Right.
1: I mean, I think RFK is still a leftist. He just so happens to be right about certain things. And he's hitting on those themes to the point where people like us can say, OK, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I agree that our our rights were uh, violated during covid and the, with the lockdowns yeah. and everything. And he's right about the I... censorship and he's, he's he's probably right about all the, the vaccines and all that stuff. But when it starts getting into policy issues, other policy issues, I think he's just a big government guy like the,
3: the rest of them. I, I tend to agree with that, Mike, but I, I have a different take than than you guys. I, I think it's – there's no doubt in my mind he's going to – he would take m- much more – many more votes from the right than from the left. I think the left yeah. is not going to abandon Biden or whoever Biden – whoever the Democrats put up in lieu of Biden. Yeah. They are going to fall – Oh, I'm sorry, back.
2: guys. I have another Uh-oh. teleconference, so I've got to go. So you guys continue, Uh-oh. but I will I, – I the Homeowners Association, so I've got to do so that. good luck. Uh, but I will see you next week. <laughs>
0: okay, thank you, Ed.
1: Thanks, Ed. Yeah, keep going, Ed. Uh, I think there's a case to be made either way. Um, you know, the Trump people are going to be ardent; they're not going to leave him either. But I, I, I think that there's a lot of people on the left that really don't want Biden.
0: And listen, I think does, does anybody is, on I don't the left
3: think that's true? Does anybody any on of the left that, think oh, they're think voting
0: it. for Biden and not for Kamala? Is anybody that dumb? Does anybody on the left really think they're voting for Biden, not Kamala? I mean, come on, Biden's not finishing his second term. Nobody can possibly be that stupid, can they? So I mean, is that going to hurt? It I would agree. be the,
1: the the weekend at Bernie's presidency. He just like, you know, they sit him in a, in a chair and he, he drools in a cup. This time and
3: he campaigned on that. He campaigned from his basement last time. He didn't go yeah. out. and campaign. I, I think that they'll fall in line. No question about it.
0: Assuming he's alive. I I I I don't know. I mean, and where's Kennedy going to get his money from to run? Who's supporting it?
1: Well, he's apparently wealthy. Supposedly got eleven million dollars after he announced. I right. showed you. Don't you that. Don't need know.
0: like hundreds of millions? If yeah, well, millions today. It's and supposedly, we'll you no. Know, supposedly, the Democrats hate his guts for what he's doing. So it's kind of interesting to see if he'll have a, uh,
1: a financial base. Uh, and you can't you can't, um, you know, not factor in the last name. And I realize it's been decades since the Kennedys were the Kennedys, but he's still a Kennedy. And they're going to be people in the Democratic Maybe ranks.
0: Maybe eh, people. I, mean, I have a question, like, Do young people know what a Kennedy is anymore? I don't. I couldn't tell you.
1: I, I mean, I could tell you this. I have I have a niece that that's leftist and she likes him.
0: But does she understand? That don't whole, like Biden mystique, that whole Camelot garbage.
1: I I, I don't know if they get all that. At this I mean, I, I mean, was Ted Kennedy's him. been dead for a long time. I, I mean, I mean, even
0: Ted Kennedy's gone for a long time already. Yeah.
1: I, I don't. I don't think the twenty-somethings out there. I don't. I don't know if they understand all that.
0: I mean, I should try and ask young kids. Have they ever heard of Jack?
1: But, or... you know, I mean, if you're a twenty, if you're a twenty-something Democrat. I mean you could see why they they don't really care for Biden, right? He, he he's like this old this old guy that can barely stand up and barely talk. You know. So and and Democrats tend to like the Obama type candidacy, the the ones that it's like, "Oh my god, you know, he's like a god." That they want that royalty. <sighs> you know, and Biden is not that. So, I don't know
0: all righty what didn't we get to that we want to get to i know we spent much much time on one or two stories but mike what you got
1: oh i don't know i was prepared to mainly talk about all these big the big topics with israel and everything like that we probably didn't touch on uh rashad talib and and her nonsense um (laughs) uh you know even blm too with some of the crap that they've been putting out uh I don't know. I mean, we have an a- anti-Semite in in, uh, in Congress, and she's not the only one, but she's probably the, the number one.
0: Is this bad for them though? Because it is showing their colors even more, or it won't matter anyway in their districts. It won't. I, I don't know.
1: I mean, I, I I don't I don't know. I mean, you have Demo- a liberal Jewish congregation.
3: You answer your own question.
0: Well, it's interesting because you have liberal Democrats calling out liberal Democrats right now that they've gone too far. And it's interesting that Dan Goldman, who I believe is a very, very liberal New York Democrat, was in Israel for a bar mitzvah when all this was going down. And I'm curious, will this affect him for real at all? Or it just, you know, possibly a little bit of rhetoric, but won't really affect him. And Cory Booker was there, which was kind of interesting. So I don't know. He drove there after he drove to Hawaii. Who, Booker Booker?
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah,
0: I don't know. By, by the he, way, uh, listen, that, Ed, that's nothing. My grandson got to Hawaii on a sled, and that's because he didn't have ice skates. Yeah. Now, I knew he's four years old, so it's a little more believable, right. but yeah, he's not but, a member of the Senate.
1: But, <laughs> but, by the way, speaking of the New Jersey senators, um, I think I had shared with you guys a story about Menendez's wife, um, killing. Uh, a, a man in bogota new jersey which is not far from me i used to work there um and it seems like it was covered up at this point it, all all signs point to it was it was covered up uh that there was a cop that was friends with with the senator he immediately got to the scene they didn't investigate it the way they normally do looking at her phone was she texting was she you know under the influence? uh apparently she did it i mean it wasn't just like oops i hit somebody and they fell and hit their head apparently the guy was unrecognizable after this accident that's how bad she hit this guy and so to me it seems pretty clear you know without having a court case and everything like that that she she got away with vehicular homicide
0: i'm so shocked because i've never heard of any important people getting away with things because they're important
1: well so it's well it's interesting obviously this that this comes out now in the wake of everything that happened with the corruption um,
0: yeah but new Jerseyans so. don't care right
1: <laughs> does it does anybody i mean i i don't know i mean we're we're very desensitized and numb to a lot of this stuff that goes on uh um, vote for
0: Democrat incumbents forever and ever. That's yeah. what it seems like. So, Ed M, cleanup hitter? I think we hit on all the big stories this week. Don't have anything to add today. Usually you tie it up in a beautiful bow. I'm out of bows today. Out of bows. All right. I'm not going to quip about arrows in that case. With that. Thank you for a wonderful discussion, and we will be back next week, regular time. Please send feedback to the Libertarian Exchange at Liberty. Uh,
1: the Conservatarian Exchange.
0: What did I just say?
1: The Libertarian
0: Exchange. Oh, my gosh. You see what's <laughs> happening? Thank you. I just did it to make sure you're paying attention. The <laughs> Conservatarian Exchange on LibertyBlock.com. Great catch, and have a <laughs>